Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, as always, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Happy to be on for another episode of Discussing Comics. Me too. I almost said Discussing Who, because we had been weekly or have been weekly on Discussing Who for so long. It's just like Doctor Who is ingrained in my brain, but that's not a bad thing, right? Yeah, all who all the time lately, but yeah, it's it's been fun catching up on the latest series and getting to know the female Dr. Jodie Whittaker. It has been indeed. And I've been talking about on Doctor Who or discussing who that Doctor Who is teaching me something this year. I'm actually learning something on discussing Trek that I have not been really glued into or knowledgeable of, which was Section 31, which has really been cool for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been diving deep into Section 31 and, you know, uh, something to tide us over until Discovery Season 2 starts on, on January 17th. And how does that tie into, for anyone listening to Discussing Comics, those two shows along with Discussing Comics are a part of the Discussing Network. And if you want to find out more about the Discussing Network, head on over to DiscussingNetwork.com. But Doctor Who and Star Trek is not why we're here today. We're actually here for Titans, the TV show. For anyone who has not seen Titans on DC Universe, if you do not want to know anything about the storylines, just be warned, because from henceforth, spoilers. Discussing Network. Attention. Spoilers. So, Clarence, got a quick question for you. How sure. much do you know about the Titans outside of this series? So, basically, what's your exposure to Titans? Uh, that's easy uh, question for me to answer. Nothing. <laughs> You know, by the time that uh, Cartoon Network show had came out, I guess in the early odds, maybe late 90s, I think early odds, though, um, I was not really watching a lot of animated stuff on Cartoon Network. And I had not been privy to a lot of uh, the, the Titans books before. So I really know little to nothing about the Titans characters other than, you know, having a familiarity with Robin, of course. Um, but as for the rest of them, I've seen memes. I've seen cosplay. I've seen pretty much everything under the sun. But as far as being intimately involved with uh, knowing who they are, it hasn't been something that has, has not gotten, kind of resonated with me. Cool. And honestly, that is actually the answer I was actually hoping that you would say, because I wanted to and I really, really hoped that your point of view coming into this would be totally opposite of mine, which is the person who's read the comics and, you know, can sometimes be a comic book snob and, you know, oh, I know this. It happened in the comic book. And I wanted to see how we react to the to this series coming from totally two different perspectives. So very, very happy that you said that. Should be fun. So for anyone listening, I want to go through and give just a little bit of background on who the Teen Titans are, where the name Titans originated. Let's go on a little history lesson real quick. And to do that, I'll tell you that the Teen Titans first appeared as a group in The Brave and the Bold, number 54, that was in July of 1964, but they did not use the Teen Titans name until the following year in Brave and the Bold, number 60, which saw Wonder Girl join the group. 
the original three heroes that were part of the Teen Titans other than, other than Wonder Girl was Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad. You can pretty much kind of figure out Batman, Robin, Kid Flash, Flash, Aqualad, Aquaman. So we kind of get that. Yeah. Where do you think Wonder Girl came in? So she's obviously, and, and this is probably a leading question, she's l- obviously the sidekick of Wonder Woman, right? Uh, yes, exactly what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the interesting thing with Wonder Girl. The writer, Bob Haney, who created the team, had seen issues of Wonder Woman where you saw Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl in the same story and assumed, ah, Wonder Woman has a kid sidekick. Her name is Wonder Girl. So that Wonder Girl character was brought into you know, the Teen Titans. Well, here was the problem. What Bob Haney did not know was Wonder Girl in the comics, and this was the 50s and the 60s when when this was going on, so continuity wasn't really paid attention to, or actually kind of really even existed then. Wonder Girl was really Wonder Woman as a teenager. Uh-huh. And, and because they were on a magical island, Wonder Girl, Wonder Tot, who was literally Wonder Woman as a baby, and and Wonder Woman and Wonder Mother, which was, you know, Queen Hippolyta, were all in some stories together. That's interesting. That's interesting. So how could Wonder Girl be in the present and all of this? So they basically said, oh, wait, this isn't Diana. This is Donna. And hence Donna Troy came about and... There were famous stories that uh, occurred in the Titans lore, which was who is Donna Troy? Because they had to create a, a an origin for Donna Troy. And I can count about six different origins that she's had over the years. So I know you're a huge fan of Donna Troy. So is, is this just one of her origins being the, the Wonder Girl? Uh, well, in some shape, form or fashion, she's always Wonder Girl. Okay. So for one version of her origin, again, spoilers, she was found in a burning building as a toddler by Wonder Woman, and her parents had died in the burning building, and she was taken and raised on Paradise Island. In another version of Donna's origin, she was a playmate, a magical playmate of diana's as a child that gained sentient yeah i said what now (laughs) i said bad choice of words what what was it oh playmate yeah Yeah. i'm sorry no 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 and i just got what you meant oh hello but anyway moving on from donna troy the new teen titans number one premiered in november 1980 I'll say, let me offer pause for a second. Like, um, when, cause you mentioned they first appeared in the Brave and the Bold, Bold and the Beautiful. What was the name? Of yeah, Brave and the Bold. <laughs> Brave and the Bold. Um, so whose book was that? Uh, the Brave and the Bold was an anthology book, sometimes starring Batman, but it was, look at it as, we want to try out a new concept and we're going to put it in a book. Well, let's have a rotating cast of characters book or let's team them up with Superman or let's team them up with Batman gotcha. and see if people like, um, it's the crossover book. Yes. The crossover <laughs> like tales to astonish and yeah. journey into mystery for Marvel. 
and, and you said book 73 so approximately like what year was that do you know uh that would have been 1964 oh so pretty early there huh? yeah absolutely and then you know it was canceled in uh 73 and then you know canceled again in 78 but interestingly it was when with the x-men that you introduced the international cast of characters or had a broader cast of characters that the x-men really 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 became popular same thing happened with the teen titans because you took robin kid flash and wonder girl and paired them with beast boy and some new characters cyborg starfire and raven yeah and this is very interesting because it seems like if we want to counterrelate this to stuff that's going on now we're talking about going to be talking about the show titans but you know, that's kind of what the other seems like the other um, shows on television are kind of doing in a sense. They're bringing in all these B characters. Well, Flash isn't necessarily B character or, or Supergirl for that matter, but maybe lesser known characters and kind of teaming them up and and giving them their own stage. Maybe a little less team up, but they're kind of giving them their own stage, their own limelight. Mm. Yeah. Well, look at Green Arrow. How many people pay attention to Green Arrow as opposed to, you know, Supergirl? And even in Supergirl, you have characters like Monel. Yeah. Like people wouldn't yeah. know who Monel is off the top of you there. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah, the Martian certainly. Manhunter. Certainly. So, so the Titans themselves have survived all of these years in different incarnations and currently there is a book called Titans that has the original Titans in it. And there are teen Titans that have younger versions of the heroes traditionally in it. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, about 50 years of history, just kind of condensed down into about 10 minutes. But that's how the Titans came to be, so to speak. So can you speak about the popularity of the Titans? I know you mentioned X-Men. And of course, you know, uh, we probably talk about Doom Patrol later. Um, but like, what was the popularity? You said they had a resurgence when they uh, rebranded the book. But uh, what over the years, like what was the type of popularity the book experienced? In the mid 80s, um, you know, 81, 82, right after the series came out, it was one of, if not the best selling book for DC. Uh, to highlight that, Marvel and DC even had a crossover with X-Men and the uh, Teen Titans. Not X-Men and Justice League, not X-Men and, you know, fill in the blank, but X-Men and Teen <clears throat> Titans. Interesting, interesting. Okay. And this was, you know, this this series had a lot of first to it. It had the first time two comic book characters and I would say traditional or mainstream comic books, not that they had dated before. I mean, you had Reed and Sue Richards date back in the sixties, but I'm talking about dating and actually be shown in bed together, not having sex, but you know, just in the same bed together. And that was Nightwing and Starfire. So you just said something pretty interesting there. You said Nightwing. So does his character change from Robin over the course of the book uh, to Nightwing? Do they actually show that progression in the book, the books themselves? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yes. He um, started uh, out in the Robin costume in episode number one and transformed into Nightwing throughout that series. So very good. Yeah, I have a feeling we might see that in the show. <laughs> well, I think we're already knows? spoilers, but I think we're already seeing that in the show. 
Absolutely. The the series also, just before we move on and get into the actual TV series, the, the comic book series also saw collaboration by the artist George Perez and the writer Marv Wolfenman, who went on to write Crisis on Infinite Earths for DC. Ah, sweet. So, I want to get into the story of the story behind uh, Titans, and I'll go ahead and say, but I've been talking a lot, so I want to go ahead and let you talk for a minute. Your initial thoughts when you heard Titans was coming out, what did you think? Well, of course, we got that, you know, that um, that trailer that brought, brought the house down. And I think it was at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, the whole F Batman thing. Uh, so after that, I think people started to maybe perk up a little bit. You know, I believe a lot of people w- went into it not knowing exactly what they would bring to us or what to expect at all. And, you know, from that attention grabbing moment, I. I was intrigued, but still wasn't all the way on board. And of course, you were, before I saw one episode, you were singing his praises. And I have to admit, like, once I dove in and actually gave the show a chance, it still may not be exactly what you expect. But I will say it, so far anyway, I think we're like seven episodes in, six, seven episodes in. Um, every episode takes place, uh, kind of, um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's very sequential in that yes, sense, uh, in a way. Agreed. Uh, the episodes, it's, it's, it does not feel like the monster of the week show that we may know from things like Smallville or even some of the shows that are on CW. Uh, it is very much like each episode is tying directly into each other, you know, um, and they're very interconnected. And the stories, for the most part, have been really fun. Um, going to a lot of different places over the globe, uh, and certainly over the U.S., which, you know, again, surprises me for a show that's on, uh, what DC universe. Yes. Um, I did not expect for something to ex- as expansive as that to be on this, you know, as a first go on this di- new digital platform. So I have to say overall, uh, I have been very, it has been very enjoyable. It has in, introduced me to a host of characters that I've never known anything about. And it's also fleshed out some of the characters that I've known over the years, uh, and made them a little bit more real. And, and it's more so a gritty show in a lot of ways. Um, you know, some heroes doing some things you may not expect. And, uh, Again, only seven, six, seven episodes in. I highly recommend it. I, I'm, I'm loving it, man. What about you? So here's the thing I find really, really interesting. So when you said that I was just singing praises after one episode, and and that's true, but I also recall you being a little bit hesitant at first because I was so over the top singing the praises, and it was like, can it really be that good, Right. Yeah, in a sense, because I know you are the type of person, if it's one thing you don't like on the episode or show, you're going to be like, you know, instantly turned off. Um, so knowing that you had this history with these characters, with this this title, with this book and, and you know, how these characters interact and, you know, the you know, all of the proper origins for all these characters. And if if they were able to do something that suited you 
you know, made you feel like they were treating the source material properly, even, uh, you know, among all of the hate that the show got for its initial trailer with some of the characters uh, being looking a little bit differently. But you, you know, the comic comic historian, is that a, hey, I'll <laughs> the take comic it. book guy um, really jumped, latched on and and um, and loved what you were seeing. So I think that bode well for the series and mm. made me want to dive in a little bit. So I agree. I, you know, the the initial pictures that they released, first off, whoever released those pictures or leaked those pictures or took those pictures, you know, I wish they would not have. Because I do know that the character or the actor who plays Starfire got a lot of negative flack from that. And I will admit, you know, I was the first to say watching it. Oh, well, you know, Starfire looks like a prostitute and oh, that doesn't look like Beast Boy and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Watching it, though, seeing it, seeing the story, because I'll be honest, the Teen Titans cartoon from uh not the Teen Titans mini uh the one that's on now I don't really like it either but the Teen Titans cartoon of all the things that it did yes it it, it had the booyah and the you know beast boy camaraderie with cyborg that that everybody just liked I didn't like the way they presented Starfire and because they made her a little bit dumbed down and I, I didn't like that. And honestly, I didn't like what, the way they presented Raven, which is almost a little bit of a still carrying over into this one. So I, we'll get to that in a minute. But man, Starfire out of the park, she was like home run all the way. She, she made Starfire smart again. She made Starfire an adult again and she, sexualized Starfire again in a way that's been missing from the cartoon, not in the comics, but that's always been part of the character of Starfire. She was a very sexual person and that's just, you know, the character that she was. I will give you an example. She would learn a new language. She could learn language by kissing someone. Interesting. Interesting. So. Yeah. Now, I, will you talk about the look of Starfire? Now, I can say after having seen the show, I am okay with her character. Um, and I think she fits well into the universe they have crafted. But I will say, if you're a purist and you're coming into this, the character just looks nothing like what she looks in the TV shows or the comic book. I, I will admit that. And then, you know, uh, if we want to talk about the controversy, they chose to make this character a, a, a black woman, which is, um, I think the actor's name is, uh, Corey Anders. So, you know, I could see why some people may have had some hesitation with that. Uh, but if you can get past that, I think you'll enjoy what they've done with her so far. And it's just kind of funny because I've been catching up on Krypton. And if, if you've been watching it at all, it's on the sci-fi network. But the House of Zod is all black folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, spoiler, General Zod is on the episode I'm on right now. And he's a, 
he's a big black guy, <laughs> you know, and we've seen this over the years, taking liberties to maybe change the race of a character or change the sex of the character, even in some cases. So I can see if you're a purist. And of course, is, isn't Starfire is an alien, right? So right. That's she, what I was she's about not to even say. white. She but, uh, and she and, and even on top of that, her character that is an alien is also orange. Yeah. Early on in the show, I was thinking that maybe it was just this girl that this entity was consuming is what I kind of thought from the television show. And I thought they may change it somewhere down the line. So what did it feel like that to you at all at first, the way they introduced her? I I never thought of an entity per se. I just always thought that maybe if they ever want to make her look the golden look or whatever, you know, they will say that someone, because she doesn't have her memories, someone or maybe her, you know, her race or whatever, she was altered. Yeah. And and actually, I thought of something. In the comic, the reason that Starfire came to Earth was she was an outlaw because her sister had ascended to the throne and had branded her, you know, like a, and basically gave her over to their enemies and she comes to earth in an escape pod. And so I was thinking, well, maybe she may be in disguise and just doesn't remember it for whatever reason. And maybe her memory being gone is part of being in disguise. Yeah. There's certainly amount of mystery they've um, laid out with her not really knowing her past and looks like all things that she's discovered from her past are pointing toward uh, Raven, which, you know, I think sets up a, a, a good amount of mystery for to push each episode to to find out not only as we will talk about Raven trying to find her father, but, you know, Starfire trying to find out why she was pursuing Raven. So it, it seems interesting. So what do you think about Raven since you just mentioned her? What's your thought on Raven? Uh, again, purely from the show, I know nothing of the past. <laughs> I I think it's cool. I think it's cool um, to have this demonic almost spirit or power. Maybe you could clear up some of the uh, terms I'm going to use here because, again, I don't know her history. Uh, but I love that she has this darkness inside of her that she's trying to tame in a sense. So we see where she's trying to utilize some of these powers in her favor. So overall, I'm, I'm liking her. I like the fact that she's a little kid. I don't, I think if she was uh, a little bit older, I wouldn't like her as much. Uh, so I like the fact that she's a little kid and she had, well, not a kid, a teenager and she has, um, she has Garth to kind of play off of, uh, as the younger members of the group. Yeah. I, I, for, for this show, I like her being who she is now. The way they have presented Raven for the last probably 15 years or so has been very in line with the Raven we see in the series. She's very much, you know, the goth chick, the teenager and whatever. Original Raven was presented a little bit older. She was, I would say, in her late teens, early 20s. And the more she became like her father, the older and more demonically evil that she looked. Huh, her father. I know nothing, but it sounds interesting. Uh, and that's kind of been the mystery of the last few episodes, um, trying to figure out who this guy is. So let me say this. In, uh, her powers, other than 
the, you know, obviously the arcane or the soul self t- uh, being, she does have a dark side and, and that's, you know, that's well established in the comics and they have shown her ability to heal. And in the comics, Raven's primary powers other than the soul self is empathy. She can sense what people are feeling. She can influence what people are feeling and she can heal people by taking that pain or that whatever into herself. Yeah. And she does show that a little bit in the show when uh, I think she touches Dove uh, and maybe even um, Dick as well to uh, know that, you know, they like each other. She kind of figures that out. And it happens one more time in the series. I can't remember exactly when, but they definitely display that part of her. Uh, let me ask you this. Like, do you feel like they should be more <laughs> frightened? Because uh, they have that one scene where they're all in this big you know, abandoned facility and they're trying, everybody's showing what they can do. And her power is so much. Okay. Starfires is pretty, pretty dope as well, but, but Raven's powers are so scary. <laughs> <laughs> compared to and, the others yes yeah yeah and uh, wow if she cannot tame that we're gonna have trouble <laughs> especially for him considering he has no power yeah 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 um uh robin, robin is, is yes. pretty pretty normal there <laughs> so my question now becomes do you want to watch and find out or do you want me to go ahead and spoil uh her father is it somebody i would know no absolutely not uh, then I don't care. Maybe okay. we maybe we don't want to do that for the audience. All right, um, so I'll tell you later. So if you if you're listening and you don't want to know, then I'm not telling you. Watch and find <laughs> out. But yeah, that, I I have no problem uh, with Raven. And while she's not actively, to my knowledge, bringing them together as a team, like in the comics, this first story is completely revolving around her. Um, so yeah. so that's holding true. Well, yeah, you said not actively, but she is bringing them together. I mean, we see where Starfire has this this mystery where she sees a picture of Raven. She's hunting Raven. Uh, uh, Raven point. and Garth meet meet each other in the arcade, I think, and they become friends. True. Uh, of course, she goes to 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 Dick at the uh, police department, and that's how they first meet. And he's pursuing her to figure out what's going on with her. So, yeah, in a way, indirect, very indirectly, she's still kind of serving the same role as to kind of bring them all together. Good point. Very good point. So let's talk about Garfield for a moment. Oh, man. He's the cool kid, huh? <laughs> what you think? You like him? Um, I'm sure you're going to talk about some of his uh, shape-shifting thing, uh, limitations in the series. But overall, as a character, I really love him. He's kind of the fun, the, the light balance to the show uh, that we that we get. Yeah, anytime him and Raven are interacting, I think it's pretty awesome. They have a pretty good uh, banter back and forth. And, of course, they're good friends. So I love seeing them uh, interact with each other. And, you know, uh, you'll get into some of his powers. But I think what we have seen has been pretty cool. Hopefully they'll span on that a little bit. And also, and maybe you can talk to the how canon it is for where he actually came from in this series uh, being part of the Doom Patrol. Bingo. Exactly. First off, I thought at first that I would have a big problem with the fact that he's not green, as in green 24-7, you know, every time he's on the, you know, on the show or, you know, have a scene. But if you look at it from a perspective of, A, 
let's be comfortable. B, you know, that's probably going to cost more money to have him green all the time. It works with the green hair. I'm used to the green hair. And you do see him green some. The only thing that I don't like, and I I like the actor, I like the uh, interaction with him and the others, is I wouldn't mind seeing something else more than just the tiger. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you should bring up like the color, uh, him not being green, because that really never jumped out at me as being a problem. Again, I don't history. Uh, but, but Raven isn't, is she, she's like gray in other shows, right? Or in the comic book, right? No, no, no. Well, she, no, she's not gray. It's, but she can get a different skin tone. Maybe, possibly for family reasons. Maybe. I don't know. But okay. Interesting. Hint. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, him not being green doesn't bother me. Uh, I would like to see him do more than just a tiger because I think that's part of the fun of his character if he's limited. And it seems like a tiger, unless it's, I'm sure it's entirely CG, but, but it seemed like that being an all CG character would lend them to easily letting him be other things. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something for season two or on down the line. Yeah. And now one thing that they don't do, I mean, that they do here that they don't do in comics. I mean, you never consider his costume while he becomes from animal to animal. When he becomes, you know, human again, he's in his costume. You never have the thing of, oops, where's my clothes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, it, I guess that goes back to somehow when the Hulk is not the Hulk anymore, his clothes still fit him loosely. Right. <laughs> Realistically, exactly. they should not be able to fit him at all after he's stretched out. But anyway, uh, yeah. Now you, you know, and here's a shout out to Stan Lee. There is a Marvel universe in story reason why that happens to the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, all the superheroes. Is something like anything touching them, they can, it absorbs their powers or something like that? I don't. Yes, sort of, kind of. Reed Richards created something called Unstable Molecules. It was able to uh, use it to make fabric. So any superhero, most likely in the Marvel Universe, is wearing something made out of unstable molecules, hence the Hulk's pants. Oh, man, the ultimate get out of jail free card. Yes, but in continuity, (laughs) nonetheless. Yeah. But no, I would love to see more versions of, you know, different animals. But I do kind of think it's cool that you do see him change some. So you you know that it's, you know, really him. I mean, for the audience that doesn't know who, who Beast Boy is, I find that really, really interesting and cool. Yeah, I kind of wish, I don't know how they handle it in the comic books or the, even the TV show for that matter, but I kind of wish there was a way that he didn't have to run off and change, come out his clothes, get his clothes, because it, it takes a little bit of the fun away from him transforming, you know what I mean? Yes, and, and you need to see some of the panels in the books because he will go from an elephant to maybe a bird to a gorilla to a panther to a lion to a chimpanzee all blowing bank 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 you know one after the other after the other and that's part of his you know happy-go-lucky character you know it's and he can talk as the animal you know you see 
him trying to stop somebody and it may be he falls on and sits on him as an elephant. I mean, he's a very comical character, very happy go lucky. And part of that is what you just said, being able to change so quickly. Ah, cool. You asked me to mention something about his parentage, which actually goes into one of the stories. I believe it was the fourth episode, the doom patrol. Yes. Yes. So for uh, anyone who has any interest in Garfield or Beast Boy, he started out as a character in the Doom Patrol. He was a adopted or a foster child or adopted son of two of the characters in um, the Doom Patrol, one of which was Elastigirl. Clarence, Doom Patrol, first impressions, what did you think of them? Uh, they were freaking great. And, you know, we talked about this a bit uh, of them having different actors possibly in these series that's upcoming for Doom Patrol. Uh, but man, I kind of fell in love with these voices and characters that we were seeing in this one. Of course, you know, for aesthetic reasons, they could be, they could be totally be different actors. Man, they were really funny and really cool. It's kind of like they're the, less serious more zany version of the x-man in a sense to me <laughs> and maybe that doesn't hold true when you get to you know maybe the comic stories but in this they felt like a happy-go-lucky laid-back weird almost freaking frankenstein yes group of characters uh man negative man is awesome he's freaking awesome and you know i just i just love hanging with these guys they were great reading the comics back then doom patrol was the Jim that I would just love to find because you you couldn't find it very often because you know it wasn't published it was published in the 60s but not not really in the 70s and 80s there was a new Doom Patrol in the late 80s but the other you would you know maybe go on vacation or go find a comic book store and find something so for me Doom Patrol was always a something like a good find if i ever find found something would be like oh cool uh you know i can read about the dream patrol but i agree you know they 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 were zany they're different they're misfits you know that's they're they're not mutants with fantastic powers they're a brain and a robot body (laughs) and in bandages and a woman that can grow really really tall or get really you know really really tiny or her face can almost fall off. That too. In that story. <laughs> so what about their leader? Uh, I forget his name. Niles Calder, the chief. Yeah. I don't like that guy too much. Yeah. <laughs> so they went with creepy chief, not uh, good chief. Which do you think we'll get in that upcoming series? Well, considering the fact that we're getting some recasting, I don't know. Maybe... This, this definitely was creepy chief and the, and the creepy chief was the chief or the retelling of Doom Patrol's origin that made you wonder, hmm, did you really save them or did you really just experiment on them? What exactly did you do? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, the guy that was, that's put in the robot body. Was that saving somebody by saving his brain? Or if his body had died, should you have let him die? I mean, you know, that's the argument there. Yeah. And it, I will say, I loved how in the series, they, all it, all it took, and this, I guess, is a brilliant writing. Uh, all it really took was, you know, a moment at the dinner table to t- kind of illustrate which the perils of each of these characters. And I, I love that 
you know, the whole dinner scene where we kind of got introduced to everybody. Yep. I will just say that I will never look at a plate of food like that again. Is that fried chicken crunchy? <laughs> Is it moist? <laughs> yeah. But, 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 you know, the person writing that and let's see, um, well, now I know why it was so good. It was written by one of my favorite, and you've heard me say this name before. It was written by one of my favorite DC writers, Jeff Johns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why it was so good. So, cool. I will say this. I am excited to see a Doom Patrol spinoff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. Um, again, like the only thing that gives me pause is the, is the different actors that we know, uh, will be in the next, in the next series. If, if they do as good with Doom Patrol as they have done with Titan, I think we're going to be sitting here whenever that sh- series is out going, Oh, wow. It's so good. We, yeah. We were so right. It is so good. Yeah. Though I will say, uh, you know, we're going through this series and I, I think maybe the last episode was my least favorite by far out of all of them. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Asylum is the name of the last episode. Did you right. see that one? I did. So tell me why that was the least favorite. Ah, oh, well, they were going another step to pursue, um, who, uh, Rachel's father was. To me, it just wasn't fun as the other ones have been. The other ones, we've been in different places, doing different things, seeing new heroes. And this one was just like, you know, it, it felt more normal, I guess, was, was the issue I had with it. Not bad, but just, you know, my least favorite because all the rest of them have been out of the park. I will say this. I did enjoy it. And I loved her blowing uh, up the asylum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. I wanted, I wanted when when the woman started experimenting on them and torturing this boy, and you know, was cutting into her and, and all of that. I was like, oh, I can't wait for. And I figured it was going to be Raven that was going to get her, but I was like, oh, I can't wait for somebody to get you. Yeah, I guess my maybe my problem is with that episode is I hate any episode where we're like in somebody's head. And ah, yeah. It, yeah, that was that what that episode was for parts of it. Not Good the whole point. Thing. Good yeah. point. And speaking of the person who some who I believe they were in his head for s- several times was Dick Grayson, Robin, soon to be something else. But Robin, what? So what do you think of this take on Robin? I did not expect to see the Batmobile in this episode, though we don't see it in this series. We don't see it straight on, but we do kind of see it in the background and to the side. We see the, the, is the Bat Lair, the Bat Cave? Yes, you we, got we it. We see the Bat Cave. I did not expect to see that. We learned that Bruce Wayne has these hideouts spread out throughout the United States where are safe houses, quote unquote. I love the Batman ties to this series, though they're loose and they're uh, seldom. You know, I mean, they're uh, far, far in between. When we do get them, I am freaking cheesing because I know Batman. I love Batman. And lo and behold, uh, St. Bruce Wayne saves little uh, Dick Grayson from, from being a loner after his parents uh, meet a tragic death, as we all know. On the trapeze, trapeze, trapezes. Yeah, that that works. (laughs) That sounds good enough to me. But I do like how they laid it out that he was, uh, although he was doing something very altruistic, Dick was not really feeling that because he wanted to stay with his circus freaks, so to speak. 
and and he just did not want to go. And I found the story where his uh, I guess the strongman of the group kind of forced him to to uh, go ahead and and and, and be with. And be with Bruce because that's the best thing for him. He can take care of him like Bruce could. And you know what? The one of the richest dudes in the world wants to take you in. You kind of gotta go for it, you know? Yeah. And and looking at it from a viewer though, I'm sitting there thinking, "Yep, you're going to have a house with an and somebody with a, you know all this riches and can can offer all of this. But what's he going to do? He's going to try to train you on how to maim and." practically kill but not quite kill people and for justice so i guess that has to take us to the jason todd episode oh yes What's and, what do you think of and, jason and, and and uh before i get into him uh we see where even from the beginning of this series dick has a problem he has a problem with the fact that bruce basically made him a killer and he thought that he is worse off for that uh, he thinks he, the Mr. Grayson thinks he is worse off for that. But I think they did an excellent job by bringing Jason Todd in and maybe allowing, uh, Dick to look at himself a little bit more and realize that, eh, okay, maybe I'm not as bad off as I thought I was. Cause Jason Todd is a, is, is, is a mess. He is a mess. Mm. Yes. And, you know, for everything that that Dick didn't not like about being Robin, Jason embraces. But in to me, embraces it to the nth degree. Yeah. And yeah. the whole thing of, you know, he maimed all of these cops for nothing other than being, you know, being there. Yes, because he wanted to. Yeah. And I found that uh, I was like, OK, Jason Todd, I'm not uh, through with you forever anymore. I'm uh, throwing you up in the ball and throw you away right here because you should not do that. And I'm surprised they even let them do that. You know, on this show is is on DC Digital, their own network. But still, I'm surprised that they let him go that far in that scene. But the the version of Robin that was Jason Todd in the comics, well, for starters, he was introduced around the time of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and his origin did get tweaked some in the time that he was Robin. But fans, for the most part, did not like him being Robin after Dick Grayson had left. Yeah. And you, you do know about the 1-900 number. I, I think I may have told you that before. Uh, maybe, but do tell. All right. So the, back in the days of, you know, check with your parents before you call, DC Comics did a, will he live or will he die? You can call in and vote 1-900, call Batman or whatever. You got to vote yes or no if Jason lived or if Jason died. And by a, margin of a very few votes the verdict was he died so the joker got to kill him with a crowbar <laughs> of course they brought him back haven't they i'm yeah, pretty sure yeah they have yeah and doesn't he turn out to be a bad guy kind of if i read it correctly you, you are correct he is a bad guy turned anti-hero-ish kind of but called the red hood yeah oh he's the red hood he's the I red hood or yeah. one of the Red Hoods. Yeah, man, Jason Todd. Uh, I have no love for you, dude, at all. <laughs> the Robin that people like most of all, other than the one that's there today, is Tim Drake. 
you know, I really like Tim. He's, he's, he would be by my, by my far the, my favorite Robin. Second only to maybe because he's such an ass is Damian Wayne, Bruce's ah. son. So that's, he's cool. A lot of Robins, man. A lot, a lot of Robins. A lot of Robins. But one bad man. But one bad man. A bad man. All right. Why did you say that like the Joker? <laughs> well, I was trying to do the, you know, like <laughs> that, kidding. you know, I'm like the, uh, Christian Bale. I'm Batman. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it just didn't come out right. We've pretty much covered all the characters except Hawk and Dove from second episode. Or what did you think of Hawk and Dove? Oh, is, uh, the Dove is hot. Uh, <laughs> no, Hawk and Dove. They're, they're interesting. They're interesting. Um, uh, Again, I think like one of the things I like about this series is that they're diving into other people's worlds. And, you know, when we got Hawk and Dove, we learned that uh, Mr. Grayson knows him and, you know, that he has had a thing with Dove before. I thought that was all pretty cool and well. And, you know, by the end of it, you know, where the people are pursuing Raven, we see some bad things happen to to uh, to Dove. But. I hope that they return at some point in the series because I thought they were some pretty awesome casting for those two characters. I don't know who the, the, the guy playing Hawk is. He looks like a wrestler, but he's freaking awesome as well. So hopefully they'll, they'll make a return. I can see them having their own series, to be honest. Really? Yeah. You know, I, I will say this. Hawk and Dove has never been one of my favorite duo. I mean, there's been different variations of them and they've never, I've never found them really, really interesting, but I will say that the way they presented them here again, you know, unexpectedly was very interesting. So kudos to them on that. I know we pretty much wrapped up everything we want to talk about, but I do have two questions for you. Who is your favorite character so far? (sighs) Who's my favorite character? I I think it has to be Robin. (laughs) Okay. I find him interesting and also mysterious enough. Uh, and again, like I don't like the parts we were in his head, but I do like some of his backstory, how we keep weaving in, in and out of, you know, this kind of struggle he has against this guy, uh, Mr. Wayne, who has pulled him up from, from this tragic event and kind of took him under his wing. But I'm not saying he's being unappreciative, but he is struggling with the fact of what he's become as a result of that. And I love seeing that play out on screen, how they keep weaving that into some of the each of the episodes. And, I, you know, I'm anxious to see where that goes. Will we see Batman on yeah. Titan? I would love to see Batman on Titan because I don't see, you know, I see this as a coming of age of, for him is him. You know, right now he's rebelling against all things bat. But I see it more as I don't want to be part of Batman and Robin. Who am I without Batman? And yeah. I think, you know, that's, the, the, and that's what I'm enjoying about him. For me, my favorite character so far is going to be Starfire. Wow. See, uh, she's not mine, but she's okay. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about her. And I think it's because I went into it expecting honestly to, make fun of the character for how bad they had portrayed her. And she is doing such a good job uh, as the character. And, and she's bringing something new that I've never seen in the comics to the role. So for that and that alone, I'm going to say right now, so far, she is my favorite character. Now, so tomorrow. Far, duh, duh, duh. So I, I don't even go. So 
Is the team complete? Let me set it up for you. Is the team complete? I don't know, but I will say chances are she will be my second favorite character <laughs> tomorrow. Do we know who the actor is? I have never heard of her before, but I think she is a fantastic character actor because there has never been in all of televisiondom a live action or in movies, a live action Donna Troy before. Wow. Tomorrow. Huh. Tomorrow. <laughs> Cow waits with bated breath. I do. It's Donna <laughs> Troy. Because, you know, I would argue to say I like Donna more than I like Diana. Wow, that's blasphemy, Cal. What's wrong I'm with just you? Just saying. Hey, she's been Wonder Woman before, so uh, you know she took she took up the mantle for a while as uh, Wonder Woman. So you know she can technically be Wonder Woman too, sort of, kinda. You think she will fly in a show? Can she fly? Uh yes, she can fly. And I did read that. I don't know if they're going to put her in the Wonder Girl outfit or the costume. But that you would see, fans would fans would definitely not go away disappointed. So, okay, all right. So are you, I would end this by saying, are you excited for the rest of Titan? How many episodes do we have left? Do you know? I think there are three or four episodes left. So that leads me to another point, maybe a more a bigger discussion about you know DC Universe as a platform. Uh, you dove in, you subscribed, you've been watching, uh, the series so far. Nothing else, no other original series out there, out there so far that I know of. Do you think they have enough to bolster a service like this? Whereas mm-hmm. on the other side where we have Disney Digital, uh, whatever they wound up calling it, they not only have all of the Marvel stuff, they have the Marvel movies, they have, uh, a, a section for, um, what am I thinking? What am I thinking about? Uh, Marvel. Uh, d- 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 wow, I'm having a brain freeze right here. Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, they have that to bolster their service as well. As well, I think there's one more section I can't think of right now. Uh, I heard. Uh, well, I heard people talking of an investment call. They were talking about the three pillars of their digital service. But relating that back to what we have over here on oh, DC. Disney. Well, they have their Disney stuff. Yeah, they have. Di- yeah, the normal Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, Disney. <laughs> But but relating that back to what we have over here on the the DC Universe side, I've looked through their library of things. They have some back issue comics. They have a lot of the animated movies, which is pretty freaking cool. But as far as them bolstering their first party uh, original content, do you think they have enough to actually make something that is worth paying extra for? And added to the fact that a lot of their characters are already being paraded on other platforms, other uh, networks. Mm. Uh, good point. And I remember you and I doing a video when the, for our YouTube channel, which can be found on YouTube slash discussing network. You know, we've talked about that there was a uh, metropolis that they were thinking about doing. There was Titans, there was Doom Patrol, but I think there are also other shows coming like an, a more adult version of a, I don't know if it's a cartoon or live action with Harley Quinn. Okay. All so, right. So there's other stuff that there's a swamp thing, uh, oh. coming. <laughs> um, you know, so there's other things that they're doing. My biggest question or curiousness is it's interesting living in the U S that 
for Star Trek Discovery, we have CBS All Access. For Titans, we have DC Unlimited. But if you live outside, so like our friends in the UK, I believe can watch both of those on Netflix. So it's, uh, so I guess it's because we live in the state where, or the, you know, the country where the content is being created. That therefore we have to get it non-Netflix-ish. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. But, you know, uh, if it can help the companies, you know, I'm all for uh, supporting creators or supporting companies that are doing stuff that's positive. So, you know, I, I don't mind, you know, paying extra if I find the content worth having. You know, I don't mind paying for it. So, But it still beckons back to your question that I kind of diverged from. They need to create more content. They need to have at yeah. least two or three new things on every week and and one and that new thing does not mean dc daily their 30 minute promotional slash talk show yeah and, and, and every platform needs this killer app or killer show and and this is i think i feel like this is it but they can have other things like you know maybe if you subscribe you get all of the comics they currently released you know <laughs> i think that would be something that a lot of people would jump into and they would make a boatload of money doing it so it would piss off some of the comic book shops, but we've moved from a time where we've trusted uh, a third party or a middleman to deliver a lot of our content, whether it be comic books or Walmart or Amazon or whatever, to where now uh, I think it's taking a shift to where to where you get it from a source. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I would go so far as to say, and this is kind of what you're saying. You know, I've I've mentioned to you that I've been trying Disney. I mean, Disney Unlimited, Marvel Unlimited. You know, their digital comic subscription. And I would love to see that if you paid, you know, your DC Universe subscription, that that was also you got the entire DC catalog. You know, or yeah. you know, similar to the the amount of books. And I know we do have books, you know, that are available, but nothing like what's Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just hope that happens because uh, I think it's it's the way forward. Agreed. All right. So for anyone listening to the show, we appreciate you joining. Make sure that you subscribe to the show using Apple Podcasts, Google uh, Podcasts, Stitcher, Player FM, you know, anywhere a podcast can be found and also leave us a review. We would be very much appreciated. And for anyone listening that wants to find out more information about Raven character that's in DC Titans, make sure you head over to Patreon because we will have a blurb that's about to start in just a moment so head on over there and it can be found at patreon.com slash discussing network so thanks everyone for joining and we will be back next time you've been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com <laughs>